on van life is something I noticed a lot with the whole van life. You end up getting to certain parking spots where it's a, a big whole like van life community kind of thing. And the one thing that I noticed, and I could possibly be projecting my own inner feelings, is overall, I didn't find van life people to be that happy. There was this weird, I don't know how to exactly explain it. It was, I found almost a phony, kind of a phony hippie thing. But everyone, you know, and myself included, like we're all kind of looking for something, whether it be our happiness or where we belong or the van life stuff gets in the epitome of freedom and doing what you want. But a lot of what I've noticed through meeting a lot of the people and talking probably about myself too, is most all the people are very lost. Old, got a, a reoccurring guest, the man who's always on the run, Mr. <laughs> living for a living, Joey Bradley. How are you doing? Where are you? I am out in Lisbon right now, and yeah, I guess on the run, that works. <laughs> Lisboa. You, you used to live there, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I lived here for a little over two years. I played two seasons out here, and so then I've visited maybe like once a year for the last five years or so. So Lisbon's kind of home in Europe, at least for me. Yeah, you said you met a lot of good people there. That was your first go around in the, the whole football thing? Yeah, man. It was like not a uh, stereotypical or magical, picture-perfect way in terms of salary and all living situation and all that, but it was the best experience I've had so far in Europe. So I got kind of lucky with this one being the first so I, I compare everything to it in a way and think okay well it can always be that good do you think it was though like the first time you know when you when you're with a girl for the first time that magical experience like is that what Lisboa was for you man i don't know man it, it like i moved here in like a weird point in my life just after graduating getting out of like a somewhat bad relationship but then the the pieces all coming together here while I was here was fucking crazy with just the group of Portuguese dudes, the other imports that came, and then the city being Lisbon. Like it was a truly like magical combination that it, I think maybe has a little bit to do with the first go around. Kind of everything's new, and so you have no expectations. Um, but I think also I got lucky with the people too. It's usually about the people, for sure. I know you yeah. like uh, LX Factory. That was LG, your spot. Yeah, LG Factory, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of, although that's almost maybe a little, almost a little too hipstery in a way. But yeah, you, you find me there every now and then. <laughs> yeah, that was vibey. I had, I had a good time there. I mean, I wonder if it's even been doing anything for the past two years, because like you were talking about Portugal has been a clown show with the whole that we can't we're not going to say the word we can say it later but you know the whole situation <laughs> yeah no i i'm i'm worried i when i left on the road trip to come here like everything was supposed to be 
pretty laid back and chill here. And then as soon as I arrived, it was like, okay, maybe we're going back into lockdown. And from what I hear, there's a good chance, at least for a week in January, they're going to go back to lockdown, even though have the highest percentage of jabbed in the world, or at least in Europe. I know that. Yeah. Weird. So. Third time's the charm, huh? I mean, I don't, yeah. I, just, I don't understand how people put up with it. This is what I do. I don't put up with this shit. I, I go to where I'm treated Dude. best. Man. <laughs> That's a view right there. You, you got like a palace with those. You're you living in a castle with those little uh, deck railings right there. No, dude, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, well, shit. Let me let me. I I got really lucky because I know we're gonna get into the van stuff, but van my van's broken down, and so I got super lucky in terms of where I'm staying right now with just the universe. People have met along the way, and. Here, I, I want to show you my view now, too, so, since we're we're swapping views. I just can't drop my microphone that's sitting in a mug. Let's see here. I I got a decent view myself right now. Oh, shit. That's your homies or somebody? Yeah, like, uh, I, I think my Wi-Fi is bad out there or else I would do it out there. Um, it was a friend that I met when I was just traveling in Barcelona one time and she worked at the hostel that I was staying at and we kind of just became homies from there and talk a little bit throughout the years. And then once the van broke down, I was in kind of a tough spot and like all my homies, <clears throat> all my homies in Lisbon either have a kid or dad's in town dad's living with them they moved out of the city so like of like the 10 people i normally would message to say hey could i stay on your couch for a little bit no one could and so i was like mm, i wonder what she's doing and it ended up working out super good she's got a ton of space where she's at so been here for mm, shit it was only supposed to be a couple days but been about a week now oh, wow yeah, I, I love that. Obviously, the whole the travel relationships and after you do it for a while, you can pretty much have a place to stay anywhere. But let me ask you this. There was like a, like a study done or, or some shit that said humans can only have like at maximum 150 relationships at one time. Like even that's like stretching it. And I find right. when I do this, tra this traveling thing is like I meet so many people and it's usually – Everyone's like, oh, let's stay in contact. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. And it's usually like one or two out of 50 that you actually keep in contact with or you go visit again or you, or you even see again. How do you um, deal with that, uh, the, the passing of people and, and whatnot? Dude, you're totally right. And that's something I think as I'm getting older is – when I first got out here, you know, it was always like, oh yeah, let's, let's exchange information. Let's stay in touch, you know, yada, yada, yada. And now, you know, I'll still do that occasionally, but I would, I would do that with anybody pretty much, you know, like anybody I talk to more than just, Hey, how's it going? And, um, now it's, it's much more, I try and just like, let it come much more naturally or let like the other person ask me. Cause then it's, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm being self-centered or something, but you just know that, okay, there's a little bit greater of a chance of it happening again. And so, yeah, no, the 150, I think that's definitely true though, because 
people kind of interchange throughout those spaces throughout life and when you're meeting a ton of people constantly it that that 150 is being rotated way more yeah it's i mean especially um with uh with girls too it's just like <laughs> it's very it's very difficult it's it's kind of sad but um yeah i think you just get to, to the point too it's just like hey enjoy the time we have together which is not long for for much more if it happens it happens but I think it is like when you first start traveling, you're like, no, let's stay in contact. Let's do this. You're so amazing. You're so perfect. And then it just doesn't happen. So yeah. Or you, but, you know, you meet, you meet someone from China or from, you know, wherever and you're like, oh yeah, well, I think I'm going to, I'll come visit China at some point. Oh yeah. Let's exchange information. And then it's like, and shit, maybe that will happen at some point. But, um, I think that's, it's like this, uh, kind of beautiful facade of traveling in a way. And I don't mean to like say it negatively or make it sound negatively, but it's like this thing that in, in idea it's much easier and better sounding than it is in practice sometimes. hundred percent. Well, look at our background photo. We got the, the man in his van <laughs> at some beautiful cathedral, I assume in uh, uh, Portugal, but uh, yep. let's talk about that. Cause you were, when we had you on what, six months ago, you were talking about getting the van and you're starting to see vans everywhere and then you made it freaking happen and you were doing van life for, for a minute, huh? Like, let's get into that. Yeah, man. And it, it's, it's been viral to say the least. And unfortunately, as I mentioned, the van is in the doctor's office right now and hopefully it's, it uh, just needs a, to get a cast put on and not, it's not going to die. Um, cause it's an old one. It's like a 1983 Volkswagen LT31. And you paid what for that again? I only paid 2,200 for it. Yeah. And that's and then, really good deal in Scandinavia cause cars are expensive, aren't they? For sure. And, but I got kind of lucky because in Finland where I bought it, van life isn't that cool. You know what I mean? Like, whereas in Germany and and Portugal especially and other places California and the US it's it's become this very romanticized thing and so I think prices have gone over what they really are because of supply and demand obviously and so in Finland it's not like that cool yet it's not a thing and so it, it's a thing but not like it is in other places and so luckily it was, I bought it about two hours north of where I live in Kuopio, which I'm already pretty fucking north in Finland. So the person, they needed the money, not a ton of people around that they could sell it to. There's not many hipsters or, or that type of thing up in northern port, uh, Finland, to say the least. So uh, it all just kind of worked out. I should, I've paid about a thousand just in taxes and insurance. So almost half of, half of the cost. But no, dude, it's, it's been crazy before, to have before. Yeah. So you're talking about how it got really popular in, in the States and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, the prices have shot through the roof. There's like this trend um, going around on, on the Instagram reels is the, the new rich, right? I don't know if you see mm. that or like, mm -hmm. we don't care about um, uh, luxury stuff and homes. Like we live out the van, we travel, you know, we're minimalistic and all that stuff. And, Obviously, I think it's cool because I basically live that lifestyle, you know, the, the minimalistic travel, um, not as many possessions lifestyle. But I have a question for you. 
and it kind of goes into the whole thing the last two years is is there like a sinister motive behind pushing this idea of not owning anything and instead being a, a lifelong renter because when you're always renting or doing subscription-based things you're under the control of the the people that actually own the shit, right? So all of a sudden you start mouthing off or doing something they don't like. Like we've seen it with payment processors saying, okay, you can't do anything with us anymore. They did it to like the neo-Nazis. They did it to people like yeah. that. But you know, what happens um, like Airbnb, like what happens if they say, hey, you know, we saw you on uh, Bull Perceptions and you said this and we don't agree with that. So you can't use our service anymore. You know what I mean? So do you, you see what I'm saying when they're pushing this like, it's really popular now, like sell all your shit, don't own anything, but then you have literally no control if it comes down to it. No, man, and I, I hadn't even thought about it in that exact like avenue. I've, I've thought about them pushing it or it being pushed as this thing um, just as like, I don't know, in the, in the same regards as a, a whatever the hot diet is, veganism, you know, climate change, like it's, it all kind of like ties together, you know, it's the, it's the vehicle, you know, no pun intended of some of these like green hippie movements, but I've never thought about it from that way of like, sell all your shit. My idea behind wanting to get into it was if shit really hits the fan, which I could see happening, maybe not in my lifetime, but who knows, I always have at least a bed, uh, you know, a kitchen and some, and a form of, of movement. Although if, if then they stopped selling diesel to, you know, like there's always a caveat that can shut it down, but I've done it from like, I've, I always wanted to do it, but I've thought like rationally about, well, if shit like really goes South, I could always drive off into the woods and, you know, obviously you need to get food somehow, but I have a means of leaving that's also an, a home and uh, but I haven't thought about that like sinister reasoning I but I'm if you saw my face as you said it I'm I totally see it <laughs> yeah like um, there's like some memes going around um, and they talk about all the time on say like 4chan is uh, the World Economic uh, Forum they tweeted this a while ago they did an article it's like in 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Know yeah. what I mean? And it, it kind of goes into the, the point of, yeah, I do feel very happy living this free life. I have nothing tying me down. I can do whatever the fuck I want. You know what I mean? I do feel great. But then it's also like, oh, wait a second. I depend on the Uber. I depend some, or for the first, when I first get to a place on Airbnb, you know, I depend on my credit card. I depend yeah. on, um, you know, the banks. Like I depend on so many things and I'm not like, um, like what the, the 1950s, 60s uh, American middle class was where you had your home, you had everything paid off, you had land, you had guns, you had, you know, yard and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, that is, there's a trade off between the freedom, but then also like the security where like if shit does hit the fan or, you know, it doesn't matter if someone cancels my Airbnb, I have a home. You, I don't give a fuck. I can say what I want. You know what I mean? But when they have all this power over me and one day they say, hey, you said this bad word on bull perceptions. Know what I mean? So that's why I'm starting to think like, am I getting pushed in this direction because they want me to be um, ownerless with no ownership? So I'm totally under their control. I don't know. No, no, you make a good point. And like the next step of my thinking with the van and like my lifestyle, because we share we share some similar ideas regarding what's going on right now. And but my next step then is I want to 
than by land in Portugal is what I've always thought. Maybe, maybe that shift. It, I'm slightly changing my mind. Um, this trip, this trip has been very interesting in a number of ways. It's it's been fun, but it's also, uh, I wouldn't say shitty, but just eye opening. Like there's been some good realizations made, and uh, tell me, but I mean, just uh, like. Portugal itself, I feel like an old man, but because I lived here five, six years ago. But it's like Lisbon is like changing, and I noticed the the change where five, six years ago it was on like the cusp of being this hot tourist destination, but still no one really knew about it that much. And now it's like almost on the same level as Barcelona. I feel like, and so that you know that just brings about change and i feel kind of funny being a essentially a foreigner or a tourist saying that yeah this place is changing because of other foreigners and tourists you know um but just man i the van stuff has been a lot of fun um but it's man i i can tell you firsthand is it is incredibly over romanticized on instagram is and it's it's so funny now to see some of those reels and see some of those stuff on social media of, you know, like a girl climbing into the, into the van. That's perfectly, perfectly decorated is completely clean, like spotless, you know, at they're, they're at a perfect beach location and she's sitting there eating like an acai bowl. And you're like, bitch, like if you're living in a van, it is always dirty. You are, it's hard to find good parking spots like that. You know, like it's, it's such a, you know, it it wasn't the reason I started it, but it's just so comical to see those things now. (laughs) Well, it's the same thing for this lifestyle, like the digital nomad. Like it's not like every day's rosies and dandelions. You know what I mean? There's a lot of feelings of loneliness, uh, not fitting in language barrier, people that don't give a fuck about you problems my, my credit card had fraud on it so i had to deal with that um mm. you know god forbid you have medical stuff i mean even though it's cheaper obviously in, in these kind of places than the states but yeah i mean it's a roller coaster i always say it like i have the highest highs one day i'm in milano with models the next day i'm getting kicked out of this girl's place in zurich and have to pay a hundred dollars for a hostel bed because how expensive zurich is you know what i mean it's it is it's it's a rubber band i think it goes boom boom and then it pops you know what i mean but i think the more you get exposed to it the more you go through the, these these uh trials tribulations then you can uh, reframe the lows like okay shit on a monday this afternoon i'm talking with you with this beautiful view the sun is shining you know i can go get uh, a freaking huge thing of sushi for five dollars i mean i got um, hundreds and hundreds of beautiful women here i mean it's just it's beautiful you know what i mean so you just reframe it no doubt and it- everything provides perspective or not everything experience provides perspective and so i mean i I, just being here stationary for luckily i have a really good view that's that's a thing that's always kind of big to me i'm a sucker for a sunset at a good view but just the little things of like sitting on a couch have been after just like two months three months on the road which isn't even that long just the the thing of sitting on a couch having a, a bathroom that's just right in a cafe or I have a, I had a little toilet in the van, but you try and use that as little as possible, you know? And so not having to worry about, okay, we need to stop or we need to go find a, a public restroom or, or find this or find that, or just 
<laughs> being a little more comfortable I, I has been nice where before the last month or two I was in Finland, I was like, man, I'm too fucking comfortable. I need to get uncomfortable. Yeah. And and it, it's been a good like little balancer in that like, okay, you don't want to be this uncomfortable though. <laughs> yeah, no, that it's the, the old cliche thing, the, the finding balance, because I know exactly what you mean. And then I get all the comfort I have in the world and I'm like, this is boring. I don't feel alive. You know what I mean? But then if I feel too alive, then I'm like, shit, I need some oxytocin. I need uh, a hug from my mother. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's, yes. it's 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 the whole balance thing. And But like you said, when you do it after a while, you I think you get better and better. You learn. Like for me, it's it's always about like good routines in the morning, like a morning routine. Um, it's about like being productive, obviously. Getting massages is actually a big one. Not just, you know, getting your dick jerked off, but actually like <laughs> a, a massage because it releases oxytocin. You know what I mean? So right. you gotta like reading books or going for a walk. Maybe maybe that's that's the thing I've been missing. Then I, I've been off the massage. I'm, I'm, I haven't gotten on the massage train. <laughs> Joe, what the hell is happening in in Europe? I mean, the tyranny is ridiculous. I left Italy um, the day before the the worker mandate, and uh, so if if you want to work in Italy, you either gotta get tested like every other day, or every two days, or have the you know what. And people like got to pay like 300 euros a month to do the testing. And, you know, Italians don't make that much money. It's just ridiculous. But, I mean, you've been in Europe for the last how many years? And, I mean, you've seen this whole thing from uh, inside of it. I mean, what the hell is going on, dude? Man, I wish I wish I knew. And, no, I because I, I've been here the entire pandemic. And uh, the last time I was home in the States was like October of 2019. And then I've been over here a majority of the last like seven years, six or seven years. But dude, it's it's just baffling to me to see the different approaches among. But it's also it, I understand because it's very similar to the U.S. where you can go in in Seattle, in King County, where my mom lives. It's restrictions up the Northern ass. World. And then you travel you travel 30 minutes east get to another county and it's completely different you know but to me it's i've noticed a thing in europe and i'm not some history buff that knows everything about this kind of stuff and governments but in my, my little knowledge that i have i've noticed a, a pretty direct correlation to countries that have had relative recent history of authoritarianism or dictatorship being in their you know history like really uh, yeah i probably repeat myself and the way that they react both from the governmental side and how the people themselves react because i don't know i think there's just something genetically like in our dna and again i had no science guy don't listen to me but um that it's been passed down to generation the same way i feel the us and americans are we're kind of built on fuck you, don't tell us how to do it. We're going to do it ourselves because that's kind of how the country was founded, you know, in a very, yeah. un, you know, a uh, uh, bad way to put it. Um, and out here, it's the opposite where the places where they've had the historical, most recent dictatorship here in Portugal, it ended in 1967, I believe. Czech Republic, where I was, same kind of thing. Um, you know, those places tend to fall into this like 
power tripping governments and then people that just for the most part just go along with it because from both sides the the governments are used to being in power and then the people are used to being controlled and so you know and then you compare it with a place like the anywhere in the nordics of norway sweden denmark uh finland there the the recent history of authoritarianism dictatorship hasn't been there and the way that it gets looked at is a little bit different and and so that's just my very novice uneducated view that i've noticed throughout traveling and living in different places so far i don't think it's too uneducated and you gotta remember too it's not just like recent history europeans have been under the control of monarchies, empires, the the Romans, the Habsburgs, the all the royal families, like they're used to saying, "Yes, Daddy, tell me what the fuck to do. Just make yes. my life okay and secure." But also, you got to remember too, they've dealt with so much war that if someone can promise some sort of peace, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it for the greater good. Like the Europeans and the EU, for the most part, is pretty good with like um, communitarianism or whatever. Or like they've created a. a beautiful functioning place. Know what I mean? It's safe. Europe is the safest place in, in the world, basically. Like if you, all of Europe, that whole re region overall is ridiculously safe. And for the most part, their way of life is very good. A lot of people live good, even if you're not making much money. Know what I mean? But you're right. The Americans, and I think we're losing it now, but we were founding off the European rejects. They came, we, we didn't fit in in Europe. We couldn't do the religion thing, persecuted or whatever. And they fled to brighter and better opportunities. Same with like criminals or like uh, libertarian type people that didn't want to follow rules. They all fled to America. So I think that has been, you know, in our DNA, in our blood of that, that freedom aspect. I mean, that's what we always talk about in school and whatnot is like, yo, like freedom is the most important thing. And it's, it's second to none. I don't care with the security and whatnot, but I think we've lost that, you know, with 9-11, the Patriot Act, obviously, I think we haven't experienced any sort of we never experienced a, a war on our own territory. Know what I mean? Mm. Like the last people that actually dealt with shit was the World War II Vietnam type people, but they're kind of dying out. So we've been living in this like fairy tale existence. And now I think we've lost that identity of how important freedom is. And now we want everyone to give us our, their shit instead of pulling up the bootstraps and whatnot. So I, no, I do think it, it is fascinating. But yeah. huh? I was, I was just going to say, and the world in general is on like – I don't mean to be pessimistic when I say this, but the world itself is like due for kind of a major war. If you look at history and this last, what, 80 years more or less has been one of the like relatively most peaceful times in the world ever. And ever, um, it's just, it's unfortunately like human nature. I've, the, I, I don't read a lot. I don't want to come off like, oh, this one book I read. But the one of the last books I've read is called Humans, A Brief History of How We Fucked It All Up. And it in one in one regard, it'll make you feel really good because you're like, oh, okay, we're not that dumb. Like we've been doing dumb shit literally forever. And then it also worries you a little bit because then you start thinking, well, where could we where could we go from here? And this this point in history with the lack of wars and fighting and stuff, uh, unfortunately, I think we're we're closing in on a a, a new period, and maybe it'll be more uh, like cyber warfare or something. You know, it'll be a little different, but I think we're I think we're due. Unfortunate, I hate to say it. 
Yeah. And uh, I think, I don't know if it was that book or something similar that talked about um, in the last hundred years, poverty has been almost eradicated or it was like 80% of the people were in poverty. Now there's like 20%. A hungry, hunger was like the same thing. Like people are starving forever and now we're being fed. And yeah, I mean, we've lived in like the Goldilocks time. And I always say like, if you were born in the USA in the past or from like the sixties to the two thousands, like you were, that's a lottery ticket of opportunity, of uh, a power of money. I mean, you were blessed beyond blessed for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> it, I just, I, it's been funny for me because as a brief little synopsis of, I, I was in Barcelona when all of this started two and a half years ago or whatever, two years yeah, March. I was there, which at the time, behind Italy, it was like the worst place to be in the world with cases and everything like that. And the insanity that ensued did a full like month and a half lockdown where it's, you know, illegal to be outside of your house unless you're going to the grocery store, illegal to be outside your house unless you're by yourself. Um, then from there, I moved to Czech Republic and at the time when I moved to Czech Republic, it was one of the best places to be because they had they had locked down borders and, and done stuff real like early and preventative. And so that they like stopped Mother Nature in their mind. And then by the time I left Czech Republic, it was again one of the worst places to be in the world because the I made the joke is people think like, oh, we can just lock down and stop the world and basically run the clock out, take a knee versus mother nature. And I don't think people understand, like we're always going to lose to the earth, like mother, you know, like that is, it's been here way longer than we ever have. And it's going to be here way longer than we ever will. You know, people say, Oh, the humans will destroy the planet and stuff. Like I think the planet will destroy humans before we can destroy the planet. Like just as a, way of being and so then from there i moved to finland from czech republic and finland it's been relatively good and i really i honestly miss living there now i can't believe i say i'm missing living in finland in december right this second like but uh, that's great but the thing with finland is it's not in the same way that americans value freedom but fin there's almost more freedom, I believe, in the Finnish system, just based on the laws and, and people follow the rules really, really well. And so changing rules is really hard and people mind their business way fucking more than any anywhere else I've lived. So, you know, there's just, there's never been the government in Finland telling people like, for sure, you have to wear this mask, you have to do this. Maybe it's changing slightly with, I don't know what the recent stuff is there, but fuck for eight months when I lived there from December to uh, September, so almost 11, I didn't wear a mask one time in that 11 months, going inside, going, doing anything. Like it was never required by the government. And then from there, to make this long story even longer, drove all the way through Europe from Finland to Portugal. And so seeing like, Everything from, you know, here in Portugal, I've had multiple random people in the elevator or just in public tell me, uh, can you can you put your mask above your nose? Like, 
you know, and, and I, I want to just be like, who the fuck are you? You know, like what, what do we, you know, just, I'm, that's another reason I miss Finland is like, just mind your fucking business lady, you know, like just leave me alone. And so from that Finland to Portugal and kind of literally traveling through the in-between both from a literal sense and the rules and the figurative sense, uh, it's been crazy to see, man. Super crazy to see. Yeah. I got a couple points for you. That that mask thing, it is. I mean, I haven't worn it in a long time, but like I do try to see like their point of view of okay, maybe they have the older person and they're afraid to get sick. But it's like okay, then try to go somewhere else because it's because sometimes I feel these people they get off on like like being superiority because I'm wearing the mask. So like, let me tell you, and that makes me feel good about myself. But like, I do see. Some people, okay, I get it. Maybe they have the sick grandpa and all that, but it's just, it gets to a point. It's just, I understand that. I, I have a really interesting point though. Like the human ability to adapt because, I mean, we would have never thought in a million years, two years ago, people would be okay with what the hell's going on. Know what I mean? Or okay with really? lockdowns and, and sit in your room and, and doing nothing. But it's it's pretty fascinating how like humans, oh yeah, well, well, it's fine. We can We can do it. No. Yeah. And that's what it's scary to think where it could go. And the, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing about all of this, you know, and again, I try and also practice some empathy towards people. I've, you know, I haven't lost anybody personally, very few like friends of friends or family of friends of lost. you know, so if, if maybe my entire family died with or from COVID, I would have a different, you know, interpretation of all of this, but yeah. fortunately I, that hasn't been the case. And so I view it a certain way and I try and be empathetic towards people that maybe it, it is slightly different. Um, you know, regarding mask stuff, it's like, I, I, it's not like I don't believe in masks, but if, if we we're going to do it the right way, you'd need a, a new mask every single time you wear it and not touching it. And, you know, I have a, I don't know if it's, no, it's my other jacket. You know, I have a mask that's in my pocket that I put on every time I go in the store. And like, I make the joke of like, you know, you know, when I feel the most healthy is when I'm putting on a mask that's been in my pocket for the last two weeks. You know, it's like, and I know maybe I'm a dirty motherfucker, which I am, but uh, I know not everybody's wearing a brand new mask every single time that they put it on. And so for that, I don't. I don't well, just the, like just the, the hypocritical rules, like you know, you go into the restaurant with the mask and you take it off, <laughs> yeah. and, and the, the, the shit like that is just like, come on, are you? This doesn't make no sense. And like, believe me, I'm as anti-mask as it gets, but I try to put my head in someone else's head if I'm in an elevator with them right next to them. It's like, okay, maybe they got some issues and whatnot, but they start going crazy with the attitude. It's just like, dude, fuck you. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> keep going. Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, and I just think, and I just think though too, this is conspiratorial, and this is whatever mm. but it is i mean it is like a little sheep or like like a little um yes daddy like i'll do it i'll put i mean it's, it's embarrassing it's a this little it's it's really embarrassing putting this thing on your your face it's like no sure. this is like this is my body like now you're really forcing me to do stuff on my body and whatnot i think that's just a little extreme for me no and i'll piggyback on that as a conspiratorial point is i think that the mask thing you know obviously it's it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's really, it, it does get a little warm in there. I dislike that. 
But I think from a conspiratorial thing is it's just normalizing people having to yep. do something that they don't want to do. And, yep. you know, it's on such a small scale because agree, I I'm with whoever says, well, it's not that it's not an inconvenience. It's not that big of an inconvenience. I totally agree. But it's just this normalizing factor of, OK, it doesn't make sense for one, like you said, with restaurants and a lot of the things like doing something that you don't want to do and doesn't make logical sense. But it's then just becomes this like train of thought of, OK, well, we have to do it. And that like idea of we have it's to persuasion. do it is what exactly becomes real it, scary. You know, you when you give someone um, or you ask something, hey, give me a quarter or whatever. And then a couple days later, you ask for a bigger favor and you already gave me something. So you think, yeah. oh, I like him. So, yeah, I'll do this. It's a persuasion tactic 101. I mean, you do for this. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's if what you want something they say. It's the best way to pick up girls is like ask for them to pass you a straw or a tissue yep. or yes. whatever. Then you're already you're already in there because they've already they've then now deemed you worthy of getting a favor. You know, in the same way we're by us doing this, like we're deeming the the rules being just because we're following them. Um, subconscious, some subconscious it, shit, hundred percent. And this is like when they say, "Oh, the slippery slope is a is a fallacy." Blah blah blah. This is why the NRA, this is why all the gun people in America will not budge on anything because they know, oh, it's it's now we can only carry six bullets. And, oh, now we have to make the littler guns. And it, it just keeps they keep chipping, chipping, chipping yep. until one day you're like, holy shit, I'm locked in my room for another six months. It's my third <laughs> lockdown. I still have to wear a mask. I have to get 17 boosters. This is the thing. You know what I mean? This is Ooh. where it's going. Here's the thing. The COVID passport thing was a fucking nutcase conspiracy theory literally a year ago. 100%. And now it's and, almost every and, country. And and when it came out, I think one of the French ones was the first one to come out. And they said, like, on, on either the paper or the digital one, there were spaces for, like, two, you know, two shots. And then there were six other spaces on it. And everybody was like, you know, the conspiracy theorists were like, this isn't going to end with two. Oh, no, no, you're just paranoid. You're just par And now, like, we're, I mean, I think I saw on Twitter or whatever that the Pfizer guy, uh, I love when Pfizer CEO comes out saying, well, a fourth shot's probably going to be necessary. Like, yeah, no shit, you want to say that, bro. But just the last point on the mask stuff, the thing that, uh, you know, I it's been obvious that adults can be very influenced and and sheep-like in itself but what worries me and like scares me the most is seeing like little kids having grow to do up. this and grow up like this because i don't think you know if i'm gonna then go back into conspiratorial mode and see like what the bigger picture is it's always like the the powers that be what call it whatever you want to call it are always playing the long game like yeah. it's always the long game and so to then make the next generation that comes up only know people wearing masks and only yeah. know that kind of stuff. And then uh, I guess one other weird one that I've had lately, because on this road trip, I've driven a lot in silence and just listening to the motor. So I've, I've had a lot of thoughts, which is kind of nice. It's taken me a while to get my mind and my, my mouth on the same page. But I think as robots start to come into our world more and more and kind of take people's jobs more and more 
the thing with the mask thing is I think it's also kind of maybe normalizing people getting used to slightly non-human interactions because I think there's a lot of human beings that are turning into robots themselves right now in these times. And oh, that's the NPC thing. I think you talked about that last time. Yeah, NPC. NPC. And just like, you know, I mean, some people you just see walking around and maybe I appear this way to others. I have no idea. But you just see this like look or this lack of look in their eye. And it just makes you wonder what's really going on up there. And um, I mean, I know I'm judging a little bit, but I think just with some of these things that are going to happen, it's. The, there's a long game for it. I just, I just, I have a tough time believing it's all just coincidence. Same way I have a tough time believing it's coincidence that all the CEOs resign as soon as the Maxwell case starts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the Maxwell case. I was talking about <laughs> Epstein's Island like eight years ago. I was reading about yeah. uh, the Franklin cover up in Nebraska. I mean, all this pedophile stuff because it's so true. Like these people literally get blackmailed to do people's bidding with because that's the one thing the public won't accept. The public can accept murderers and whatnot, but the second a kid's involved, like they'll be ostracized. But that's the thing. So if you're in a group and you say, hey, if you want to be in this group, you got to go, you know, touch the, the person or whatever, the little kid. And then we have that. So if you uh, want to take us down or you want to do this, we're going to release it and you're a scapegoat, you know, push it away. I mean, that's just, but here's the crazy part is this is like proven with the flight records. We have Epstein's, he, he you know, killed himself or whatever. Um, all the, massage parlors down there and the public doesn't care no they, they don't no. you would think they would be no. up in arms over this that the people that we've been trained to listen to that we're supposed to respect that make the rules that do all this stuff that are known pedophiles they're doing all this crazy shit and the public still doesn't care so i think after this case i don't know if it, it's, it's a lost cause or what i mean this is why i'm dedicating my life to being this freedom you know, this five flags lifestyle and just enjoy my life and be happy. And then if I can heal my conscience by doing what we're doing now and, and speaking about it. But to me, it's like the the Patriot or the people that um stormed the Capitol, you know, January 6th or whatever, they, they believe they're freedom fighters, right? They believe they're part of the, you know, Patriots and whatnot. And this was their duty to the Constitution, right? They're in jail now and they're in prison. Trump didn't bail them out. No one did nothing. They're sitting there. They're going to get time. So like, where would I rather be here in this beautiful place or in, in prison singing the star spangled an an anthem? That's what they do, I guess, every night now. I mean, oh. so no. that's kind of where I mean, I'm at. Hey, and, and to go off on that point and to, I haven't finished how I found freedom in an unfree world, but I've mm. gotten through most of it. And to quote, quote the dude, what Harry Brown, was that his name? Yeah. Uh, to quote him is like, you always stay solo. Like you don't join, you don't, if you're going to go out and kind of do your own thing, like, you know, if you're going to evade taxes, you know, he talks about that in the book, you know, or legally evade taxes. You don't go and get a group of people to do it because as soon as you get into a group, you become much easier to be caught. And then also the idea subverted, of, subverted, yeah, it, exactly. And so I mean, you'll never see me at a protest. You'll never see me going to do any of that kind of stuff. Well, I may agree in the cause and the protest in itself, but in my logic, which seems to be illogical these days, um, I, that's not going to solve anything. Like me going and marching down a street and holding a sign like isn't going to solve anything 
it's just going to add to what's happening where I would rather think, all right, how can I move my chess pieces around individually to get what I want, you know, rather than going and holding the sign and chanting whatever. That's a great point from the book too. It was basically like, okay, buddy. So if the world is as perfect as you want it to be and everyone agrees with you and everything's great, then, then what would you do? Like, would you be on a beach right now living in Brazil, living an amazing life with beautiful women, do whatever the fuck you want? Yeah. So why can't I, I do that right now? Like, yeah. I don't need the world to be perfect for me to be happy too. Like, what's the end goal is to, to be happy. Correct. Like with all those problems that they were fixed and I would be happy. Well, I can find happiness other ways. Know what I mean? Where I'm not reliant on changing everyone's mind or making sure everyone agrees just like me. No, no, it's, it's, it's a concept that is being completely lost though right now of like this individual sovereignty or accountability to your own self. You know, I mean, to get back then into the mask and the, you know, what, and all that kind of stuff is it's always, it's been labeled for the greater good and doing it for everybody else and, and the society and this and that. And, you know, I've, I've obviously had my discussions with friends and stuff who will bring that up. And just to be blunt is the greater good, in my opinion, doesn't give a fuck about me. You know, like I, I'm, I'm, you know, the greater good is this thing that's been made up like the fucking tooth fairy in a sense. Like what, it, who is the greater good? There's no face for the greater good. And, but it's, the, it's become this, uh, this, what's the like a martyr i think that's the right word that people are using everything the reasoning what we're doing to for and i said man i know i care about myself the most like you care about yourself the most yeah maybe my mom cares a lot about me but she still doesn't care about me as much as i care about me no one does and so i'm gonna do what i think is best for me at all times because no one else is looking out for me the way I'm looking out for me. And if, if I end up being wrong or fucking up, I'll admit that and say that when I do. But this whole idea of like, I need to look out for others and the greater good more than I look out for myself is just bullshit in my opinion. Because again, I, I have great interactions with people on, on the daily. And I truly, I think I love humans I, i'm kind of starting to dislike people because when you get them grouped together it's kind of a weird you know i love individuals i kind of i'm starting to dislike people and but i care about me so you you don't care about me like i care about me so why would i listen to you exactly of what i should do for me in the same regards yeah you can take it into consideration but uh yeah that's i guess a, a, a rant i needed to get out yeah, when it, when, it, when it's all said and done, the only person you got is yourself. Know what I mean? So, and another point is, if if you're not happy, how are you going to make other people happy or make a difference in their lives? Know what I mean? Like the most miserable people I have met are the ones that are so caught up in these groups to to change the world and, and save everybody. And and you look at themselves, and they're 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 doing drugs all the time. They're eating shitty food. They have tattoos everywhere on their body. They have pink hair. It's like, but are you happy? Like yeah. maybe yeah. you should look at yourself first. Okay. Let's, let's analyze what the hell is going on in your head before you try making everyone else do something that you think in return is going to make your, yourself happy. Cause that's the goal. I mean, that is the end goal for everyone is, is to be happy. 
No, and to to then loop back a little bit um, on van life is something I noticed a lot with the whole van life thing. And again, I'm a beginner in it, only did it a few months. But then you end up getting to certain parking spots where it's a, a big whole like van life community kind of thing. And the one thing that I noticed, and I could possibly be projecting my own inner feelings, is... Overall, I didn't find van life people to be that happy. And it seemed like there was this weird, I don't know how to exactly explain it. It was kind of this, I found almost a phony, kind of a phony hippie thing. But everyone, you know, and myself included, like we're all kind of looking for something, whether it be our happiness or where we belong or whatever. And I think the the van life stuff gets the, the epitome of freedom and and doing what you want. But a lot of what I've noticed through meeting a lot of the people and talking probably about myself too is most all the people are very lost. And that's also I think it relates to that same thing of people then uh, worrying about every cause in the world is because then they don't want to actually turn inward and worry about their own cause. Oh, that's very um, self-reflective. And I, I think I've noticed that a lot with um, the hip, the real hippie types. When I meet the, the ones that like live the hippie life, they're really mm. the hippie. It's like um, there's, they're still trying to find something. They're still like anyone that's so fully into something like the person that sits in the front row at the church and like, God, God, I'm the biggest religious person ever. And then, or like the priests and they're touching the little boys. You know what I mean? It's like whenever you're so full into an identity or you're so like, there usually seems to be something a little off or you're really trying to find a purpose and, and do whatever you can to mask whatever the fuck is really happening inside of you. No, for sure. And then I started to, as I noticed oh, that. Oh, 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 my, my bad. Let me expand on oh, yeah. that, that spirituality point. So I love, I'm very, I've been doing meditation since I was 17. I'm into uh, affirmations, hypnosis, uh, manifestation, the stars, all that shit, right? Mm. But when I meet like the people that are like really, really about it, I'm like, like you saw in the van life. I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this, this, they've been consumed by it. And there's something they're trying to overcompensate with it, or it just doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? We go back to that balance point of okay, take the good stuff from it, but you know, don't turn into a, a person that lives in his you know homeless person. I met a guy, a guy that was a homeless person on this like hidden beach, you know, living in a shack. And I asked him like if he's happy, and he, he said he sounded happy. But I'm like, okay, that's going to the extreme. And there, there, there might be something that's a little off. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's a he's a hippie. He does shit that I do. But I don't know. I, I look at that and like, oh, I hope you're happy, but I don't think I would be happy that way. But who knows? No, for sure. And it, it's again, you know, like everybody's different. Everybody, everybody's perspective is completely. I think this is a Harry Brown quote, you know, summarized is like, or all our perspectives, experiences then generate our thoughts and how we view the world. And, you know, everyone's then perspective and experiences are different although they may be similar, you know, we might've grown up in the exact same town on the exact same street, but we had different family lives or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but no, the thing I noticed again, getting a little self-reflective with the van stuff is 
I had never, I, I kind of pride myself on being different. I'll admit, you know, I, I kind of enjoy being the weird one or, or, or being unique and then being in what I interpreted as kind of a somewhat low vibe, like weird vibe, I should say, not low of all the van life people is I realized then, well, shit, like I'm kind of in the same box of rocks as these people because of the, because of the van. And so it was like, <clears throat> I have never felt so, uh, uniquely unoriginal than I did on this trip because then also I think people kind of look at you and again, I'm getting probably way out of my own head or way too into my own head of thinking about how others perceive you and stuff like that. Because in, in Portugal, especially the van life people from like four or five years ago, fucked it up for everybody. And so there's a ton of laws and restrictions and you can tell Portuguese people don't like van life people. And so, but even just like meeting random people, you know, out at the bar and saying, yeah, I drove here from Finland and this and that, it was kind of like, I could see like, oh, you're, you're this kind of person like right away. And I've always felt I could break the mold on some of that stuff as being a football player, but also not looking like a football player and you know, the whole, that whole kind of thing. Whereas once I got this van life thing, this van life thing and people see it, I'm like, Oh fuck. I don't, I don't like this little box of rocks. I've either put myself Identity. in or people are putting me in. Yeah, I, I agree with you too. Obviously, I mean, we are similar with, I mean, our profession and the traveling and whatnot. And I've always been contrarian to, I think all like great leaders or people that do things outside the comfort zone are different or they, but yeah, I took contrarianism to the extreme, especially when I was younger, people liked it. Oh, I don't fucking like it. You know what I mean? So, and uh, I think that is funny though, because um, especially when you travel and the more people you meet, you're like, oh shit, am I really that unique as I thought I was and uh, mm. oh maybe no maybe there's a shit ton more people that listen to this music or, or do this or dress that way and and um which I think yeah the bigger picture is like I mean we are shaped by the movies we watch the music we listen to how we were raised like we're not we're a moist robot that's a great thing because you can program it you know what I mean so you, to what a you want to be robot. <laughs> but a lot of the shit that you think you're unique from is because you saw um uh, Gordon Gecko in Wall Street when you were uh, 14. Know what I mean? Like it, there's shit like that where it's like that left a deep impact on your subconscious and you've been trying to model yourself after that or trying to, you know, you've been motivated uh, by it. And, and But we think, oh, no, this is just us. I'm a special snowflake. But in reality, not really. Yeah. What do you what movie or what what do you think has influenced you the most? I'm not. You just made me think about my own thing of where uh, I think I think um Fight Club did a lot. Okay, I think um, uh, How to Get Rich, the Four Hour Work Week. When I read it when I was young, um, did the How to Get Rich by uh, Felix Dennis was really an influential book. Um, there's been a couple movies. Like I gotta go back in the the brain to find it, but like I think probably James Bond or Jason Bourne when I was okay. little. <laughs> that 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 traveling, it's like badass kind of guy, you know. Like, yeah. um, stuff like that for sure. Interesting. Yeah. What about, what about for being, wh where do you think you find your 
motivation to be abroad and like kind of be always a stranger or always a foreigner? Um, since, like I said, that contrarian since I was little, but I w- always want to uh, push the boundaries and live outside the comfort zone and, and do shit everyone else wasn't doing. And um, that is what traveling is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just living totally outside the comfort zone. And since I was a little kid, that was everything I wanted to do was not do normal shit. Did did you, when you were growing up, I'm, I totally just turned the podcast into my podcast here, but um, when when you were growing up and like through high school and college and shit, did you feel like you belonged where you were? Yeah, and I was the cool kid. I was the, the quarterback, but I definitely did things like, you know, I'd throw on suits at school if I wanted to, you know what I mean? Or I would, you know, just do whatever the fuck I wanted to. I was smoking cigars in the, with 60-year-olds in the cigar lounge, um, you know, uh, when no one knew type deal and playing cards, <laughs> playing poker. I was sneaking out to uh, running aces and, and playing Texas Hold'em. Like, yeah, I mean, I was like, uh, I wouldn't say, I, I always thought like I could fit in anywhere, but I, I always wanted to be the right. leader. Like, okay, I yeah. do the cool shit. You can follow me. I'm not, you know, I do things my way. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I just ask all of that because I find for myself the re- a big reason that I'm doing this lifestyle is in a way it's like searching for a place that I belong. You know, as I alluded, like everyone's kind of always searching for something. And um, a, a big reason I have such a, an affinity for Lisbon because of the two years that I lived here I kind of, I had that where, you know, I had the cafe I went to, had the guy at the corner store, had a restaurant that, you know, I walk home from the metro station and it's, what's up, what's up, what's up, you know, like I belonged in that little neighborhood. And so I just, I always kind of wonder with other people if, um, because again, we, we like to believe that we're the only ones, but in reality, we very rarely are. And so it's like, I like, I was curious to hear if, even though I was the popular quarterback, high school guy throughout all that, it's just, I always never felt like, ah, this is my thing, you know, or this is where I'm supposed to be, like in my hometown, for example. Yeah, I I always felt like I was meant to do bigger things or like, you know, not be in Minnesota, you know what I mean? Like I always thought like I was meant to do or, or be something and do, like that was... So I didn't want to like be like the shit in Minnesota, like the cool. Right. Guy. That wasn't like exciting to me. I wanted to like go explore and, and you know do crazy shit. You know what I mean? But you like that comfort, huh? Like you're trying to find a home. See, when I get to home, I don't like. That's when I need well, to go. I mean, that's a good. Qu- I don't know. I, in a way, um, I think I'm probably more searching for, like something inner you know like i'm you know i'm looking outside for probably something that's inside to be honest you know um but no i that's a good question man is because i've had the the nice thing about my last little or this last year in finland is like it's comfortable you know the the society works really well um had a good situation on and off the field and it's nice. But then to a certain point, I was, I started to itch. Like, you know, I can remember my last month there. I'm like, fuck, I'm too comfortable here. Like it's too easy. 
and then you know wanting to leave as I, I said before is like then getting to oh fuck this is a little too uncomfortable and so I don't know if uh, in a way I guess I'm in a way, I, I don't know if it actually even exists. Like, I'm going to find this magical no, place. Of, no, no, of, don't. Um, you're right. It's more, inside. Like I said, it's more, it's more inside. Yeah. But I think what helps you find it inside is once you get comfortable, you won the championship, you had great, you had uh, that girl I saw in the van, everything was amazing. And then you go to the next thing to to um, test yourself again, to, to build yeah. up, to get bigger, to learn more lessons or whatever. And then... Maybe one day we we reach Nirvana and we figure out what's inside. But until then, like I'm trying to go balls to the walls and 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 feel alive. Because when I have the comfort, I don't feel alive, you know. But then when I feel alive, obviously I need to get doses of comfort. Otherwise, you go fucking crazy. And like I was telling you, like living that hedonistic lifestyle um, of seeking pleasure and and doing crazy shit, and that's what's what I've been living in Brazil, and that gets really empty too. So right. you have all that adrenaline, but you have no oxytocin or comfort. You feel just as shitty as if you have, if you're working a nine to five with a wife you don't like, um, you had to go to the bar every Friday, the same fucking bar in the snow in Minnesota. It's the same kind of feeling of emptiness and like, what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? It's For two sure. sides to the, the, to the coin. Yeah. No. And, and it, it, in a very hippie way to say is it brings it kind of back to like we're all like way more similar than we are different with even what you just said right there of of the complete different sides of the world is you know i'm in a fantasy football group of all my homies from high school and i think we're everywhere from probably on one end of the spectrum to a guy with you know two kids and a wife you know and everything in between and i bet it's all I think, you know, I think all of us for the most part are always consistently wondering a little bit, what the fuck am I doing? You know, I, I think that's kind of natural. We're all asking the same questions, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been like, like I've probably said too many times, this last month or two of, I would say, struggling at times, even though, I mean, it was, also at times a lot of fucking fun you know it's it's hard i feel bad saying struggling but then at the same time i can't say like oh it was so much fun you know but there's it's something i've i've come to realize and i, I think getting older i'm 31 now which i know isn't that old you're 31 i thought you were yeah, like 30. i didn't think you hit 30 yet no i'm 31 and so yeah. i've i've also with that maybe noticed a couple of changes or so in the last like two two I say two years, but then also thinking, well, the last two years has been completely different than any other two year stretch. But just from the idea of like, as I said, I like meeting people, going out, meeting new people. But nowadays, I'm also much more prone to just be like. Uh, no, I'm just going to chill. Like when I, uh, an example was in Portugal, I went up to Iricira, which is like an hour north of Lisbon and was meeting somebody, another van life person. And she's like, yeah, I'm at the hostel right now because I showered here yesterday. We're going to go out to the bar with a couple people from the hostel, but yeah, you should come join. And I was just like, ah, normally five years ago. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm all in. But then that night, I was just like, mm, 
I'm going to go park somewhere chill, make some dinner and call it a, like, I don't, I don't need to meet these people. I don't know if that's fucking loner or what it is, you know? No, no. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Hostel. I, I stay underneath a hostel. Um, I got a good deal. This place is a, is a hostel, but underneath there's private stuff. Okay. And the people you meet in the hostels and like, this is why I, I don't like normally doing a long-term stay in the hostel. I booked this thing for a month because there were some extra benefits involved and it's great. The crazy people you meet, but dude, like you, if you hang around them for too long, it's, it's draining. And it's cause it's the, the same shit all the time. And these people are all kind of unique, different. And the ones that stay here for longer term times are usually fucking crazy, especially if they're older, you know, like they're just, they're <laughs> off. They, they have a lot of like stuff you can learn from them, but it's just like, it's kind of scary. Like, oh my God, is, is I'm not, am I going to be 35 in a hostel? Like what is going on here? Like you start questioning things. Yeah, no, for sure, man. For sure. It's, it's, uh, that's the thing too, is I've noticed more and more with just people in general and with what's going on is like, man, we all have our little flaws. We all have our demons. We all have our thing that is, I, I don't know that as soon as I realize it and sometimes a lot of times I forget it. But as soon as I realize it, I have a lot more compassion for people when I realize, okay, like someone's going through some shit mentally, even if it's not a big deal to me, that's a huge deal for them. That needed to, needed out, to charge. Yeah. That trips me out though is, um, hold on. <laughs> this is my hedonistic lifestyle. You see all those <laughs> wine bottles? It's like 14. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, um, dude, because I be thinking about that too. When I'm um, like, if some shit just happened to me, and I'm just going through my everyday life, and like someone says hi to me at a cafe, is like smiling at me, and I'm just like, like in a totally fucked up mood. And that what you were just saying is you don't know what people are going through. You know what I mean? And like, so usually I'm always hyper and excited, and how are you doing all that stuff? And then some days I can't put that face on because I'm going through shit. And it's like the other person may have no idea. And it, it might come across as, um, oh, is he just being an asshole to me today? But in inside, I'm, you know, going through it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, man, it's, I, I don't know where exactly to go from here, but I mentally lately, and I don't know if it's, it's where I am currently. Um, it's, it's also being it's become a big struggle then to have some compassion for, even though i want to have it i'm also struggling at times to have it <laughs> for who just random people you going you going are you getting uh travel fatigue to the to the crazy or what maybe you've met too many people you over exceeded 150 now you just don't give a fuck <laughs> no i i mean i um I think I'm I'm at a good point right now. Like this this was like very necessary. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just again, I don't know if it's the combination of going from a place where everyone minded their own business and basically could do whatever you wanted whenever you wanted to then like slowly getting the shift of like oh we need a vax pass and a mask and. Dude, I mean, I know we, we circle back around to it, but Portugal now, when people fly in here, whether they're vaccinated or not, have to show a negative test. 
<laughs> and and dude, we I went to I went to this like again, and maybe I've just had some bad experiences, and that's like clouding my vision in terms of See? the van and the hippie stuff. But we went to there's this thing in in southern Portugal called Friday or like pizza party in Algarve, and every Friday this it's kind of um, sold and advertised as like an eco community. You know, people go there and work there and live there for free. They get everything paid for and this stuff. And on Fridays, they have big parties. And I mean, like, this this place is fucking crazy. Like, in the middle of the forest, they don't let you take pictures while you're in there. Two separate DJ stages, um, like, all kind of carved into a mountain, like, in the wilderness. And it just made me laugh, though, because it even though it got put on as this hippie movement kind of thing, it was all, it was so capitalist and I'm like by no means yeah. against capitalism or anything like I'm all for it, but it just so funny to see the, the difference of like how it's advertised versus how it was. And so at this place we had to, in order to get in, have to show a Vax pass and then also take a home test. And so literally we're in the middle of the woods, bro. Long line, show of action. Hippies path. too. I thought hippies like the natural hippies. stuff. Hippies, you know, like people not wearing shoes, showing show the pass, and then you either could buy a test from them or bring one of your own. And we had brought one of our own because we thought we were gonna have to do this at a different rave we went to. And we sit there and you just see all these people putting q tips up their nose. And then you give them the little mixture, give them the plate. They give you a number that they write on like just a piece of paper. You know, it's totally just a bullshit operation. And you have to wait 15 minutes, 30 minutes for your thing to come back negative, And then you can go in. And I was just like, what alternate reality did I just enter? Where I am, I mean, the nearest city is at least an hour away, hour and a half away in this valley low cell service amongst all people in this alternative lifestyle that then you're also having to do this and um i think yeah. okay so you're 